gonna make him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to another episode of the best movies you've never seen. This is the podcast where myself, Stephen Fennick, we pick, I pick a movie and I show it to my good mate Trevor Long who hasn't seen the movie, hasn't seen many movies. This movie, this podcast is all about Trevor, the best movies he's <laughs> never seen, uh, and that includes this week's movie, 12 Angry Men. Trevor, welcome. Great to be with you, and I would hazard a guess that a lot of our listeners wouldn't have seen this. Are you with me? Or, uh, I can I, so, Can you concede yeah. that for me? I concede this, that, yep. This, this is not on your Independence Day no, level. No, not at all, but this has been out since 1957. Right, so you were like six, movie. seven years old then? <laughs> I wasn't born yet, you idiot. <laughs> but this is, I think, one of those classic movies that comes up that I think once people see it, they go, wow. It's, yeah. it's really impressive. Uh, great cast of, of actors, all men. But it is, uh, you know, it's 1950s we're talking about here. But this was released in 1957, starring Henry Fonda, directed by Sidney Lumet. Now, this was, Sidney Lumet at the time was a, a TV director. And this was his feature directorial debut. So Henry Fonda was actually one of the producers. He's the star of the show, and he thought this is this is should be uh, put made as a movie. Now the screenwriter Reginald Rose wrote the script after being on a jury. Right. So his experience on a jury as a member of a case, a case of manslaughter. So that's what inspired him to create this this movie. Now it was originally a 1954 teleplay. He wrote it for TV. So what, what they did, he, he wrote it, and it was initially a CBS Live production. It was aired on September 20, 1954, but then he rewrote it for, to make it into a film at the, at the, at the encouragement of Henry Fonda. So he recognised oh. that this, you know, this needs to be a more so of a feature film. So when you say it was film. CBS Live, does that mean they it, did it live? They did it live. The TV back then was live. You didn't, That's there was remarkable. No, it was a live performance. Just thinking about it yeah. as a... As an actor, well, remembering your lines and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've, I've seen this on stage too. It's a really good play as okay. well. Like you think about the staging of it. Yeah. It's in one room. It's not hard to make it as a Cheap play. Set. Yep. Yeah, so it's uh, it's conducive to that. Uh, story takes place, we find out, in New York City. Because I think one of them mentions the Woolworth building during the right. movie. Do you remember that? 
and uh, one of the it's one of the opening shots too is of I think the New York Supreme Court. But building. the good thing yeah. is, it's it's almost it's almost timeless and it's almost cityless. It's just yeah, a story, it doesn't, doesn't matter where a story it takes that place. resonates in any Absolutely right. courthouse. Yeah. So, and you you had not heard of this or had Mate, had not I seen this? Had never heard of it. Never heard of the concept other than when you said to me, I think you told me once, and not yeah. a massive spoiler, but you told me once it's shot in a single room, and I thought yeah. that's very strange. Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I had nothing to the point where when I went to watch this, I had to you know send you a photo of my TV, looking it up on Fetch to go, is this, is this yes, what I'm watching? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I needed to know that this was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no matter, I had nothing. Okay. Zero. Well, I think that's good in a way because you got no, you got zero expectations. You, you don't know what you're going to see, which is good, I think, for a lot of cases. I do have an expectation because, yeah. according to you, it's one of the best movies it I've is, ever seen. It is exactly right. Now, I wouldn't sell you a dud. Uh, I, I think my record's pretty good. That's pretty. My good. record's pretty good. Uh, it was nominated for three Oscars as well. Sheesh. Best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay. Okay. The film lost in all of those uh, categories to um, the the one the movie that swept it that year was the Bridge on the River Kwai, great which, movie, uh, classic. Starring, starring, uh, that I've heard of. Starring uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Alec, Alec Guinness was in that movie. I was going to say Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi, <laughs> yeah, Alec Guinness. <laughs> Jesus. Now this movie has a one hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really, based on fifty critic reviews, one hundred percent rating. Not many movies can say that. So really? off the bat, you're going pretty good. Wow. Here's the thing, too. I'm just going to do this here on the fetch. 12 Angry Men. Oh, hang on. I'm not on the thing. Go on. Keep going. The This film is also commonly used now as a training tool. Right. So business schools and workshops, they use this movie to teach people team working as a team and conflict resolution. Wow. This movie is used to, I can to train that, that concept. I can absolutely, absolutely see right. it. Yeah. Yes. So you, you'll see there's a, there's a lot of conflict in this movie and some great drawn-out characters in it as well. So, look, we're, gonna be, we're about to dive into the, uh, the movie, but uh, if we don't want to spoil it for you, if you want to see this movie, I think this is your last exit before the freeway. So your chance to watch it on Fetch. And you can do that just like I am here. We're sitting here on the, on the Fetch, and I can just say 12 Angry Men, and it's going to find us 12 Angry Men. And the thing about this is... Um, it actually tells us, let's do it again, 12 Angry Men. It tells us where we can watch it. And also, Stephen, it will also tell us Rotten Tomato ratings. If it's a, if a, if it's a movie available on Fetch to rent or buy, it'll give okay. you a Rotten Tomato rating. This movie, though, is available to rent or buy on Prime, so it automatically opens up the Prime Video app. So does, it, op- does it open up the page or does it open up just the... Because the because this movie is only available on Amazon Prime, ah. then boom, it takes oh, us boom, straight there. there. Why do okay. we need to go anywhere else, right? Ah. Yeah, so it opens straight into Prime at that movie. Okay. And it gives the, the IMD- IMDb rating. Absolutely. Which is 9.0. That's right. Huge. Wow. That's a massive rating, That's right? Huge, and really so good. any movie you've got, you'll find it on one of the streaming platforms or on the Fetch Movie Store allowing you to rent or buy thousands and thousands of movies and watch them at your pleasure on your big screen TV. If you haven't got a Fetch box, you can get one through your internet provider. And if they don't make them available on a monthly plan, heck, go to Harvey Norman or JB Hi-Fi and ask them for a Fetch Mighty or a Fetch Mini. All you need is the Fetch Mini to get access to the thousands of movies in the Fetch catalogue and all the streaming services as well. Okay, you're still with us. We need to come to order. (laughs) Order in the court. We're going to get I'd like to call for a vote. <laughs> yeah, plenty of those in the movie. Righto, so you've seen it. Yep. First impressions. Um, so it was a slow burn for me. Like, 
it's so different. It's yeah. jarringly different, you know? It's it's not a act-by-act, scene-by-scene. Really, you've got a room and a bathroom. That's the only place yeah. that you see in this. Did you, just on the name of it, what, did it give you an idea of what to expect? 12 Angry... Did you know no. what 12 was represented? No, or? I had no idea. Okay. No. So I didn't, didn't know the 12 men on a jury? I didn't know it was a jury. Okay. Um, you might have said that to me at one point. I yeah, don't yeah. know. But yep. uh, I had no concept of it. It was a slow burn, but... I mean, it doesn't take long, and we'll get through the run-through, but as soon as you get that initial one dissenting vote, you yeah. realise you're in for something here. Yeah. Because, and, and and immediately, when you said the, the guy that wrote it did it after having served on a jury, I thought that's exactly what you would do. Yeah. If you were any type of creative person, life experiences definitely feed into it, you would go, well, even if this has no relation to how his jury room went, yeah, you could see how you could write a part for 12 different people and easily come up with a whole bloody movie. I thought it was a great movie, but you really need to be strapped in for the full 97 minutes. Yeah, it's short and sharp. I think it's yeah, really no, good. But that's yeah. the great thing about yeah. it. It's not two and a half hours yeah. of... So great performances too. You think how can you how can it's in one room? How can there be performances? It is really brilliantly done. I, I actually think that it shows the power of an actor better than many other movies we've watched. Power you know, of the, script too. The Good performance yeah. of actors in certain movies we've seen, and yeah. I think some of the De Niro stuff is probably in that category, but because it's such a plain set, yeah. but and I, I, I obviously appreciate the script is critical, but the way you portray that argument, that yeah. change in disposition, that change in emotion, also the way you change your um, physicality and mentality over the course of a drawn-out period, yeah. So good. Yeah, there's a lot of detail in them. You, you, I think the multiple watches that I've, I've had with this movie, it brings out a lot of the detail you pick up. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about them. Uh, I saw this for the first time at school. I remember wow. I was shown this in, I think we were in year 10 or something, and we just, here's, here's a movie to see. We were studying the legal system and all that sort of stuff. And we thought, oh, and mate, it just fascinated me from the word yeah. go. And I've seen it many, many times. It's one of those short movies you can watch. You think, I'm going to watch this. You know, It's like 97 yeah. minutes. You, put, you can easily do that pretty quick. Uh, I've also seen the other version as well, the 97 movie. that right. was remade for television. So it was a telly and movie, right? It was a telly movie, but, mate, look at the cast. Jack Lemmon, George C. Scott. Okay, so how does so, it rate? Yeah, well, I don't know. If it's, it's probably on par. I still love the original. The original had, mate, just a stellar cast, which we'll talk about. Just, just heavy hitters in every role was a good, like several Academy Award winners in this movie that were either Academy Award winners already or went on to win Academy Awards. Right. So really solid batting lineup. If I had watched accidentally the other one, the wrong one, yeah, uh, forgetting the fact that obviously there'd be some conversation about actors and things, mm. would would I have got the same appreciation outcome? If like if I yeah. give a rate this movie a rating, would I likely give the other one the same rating? I think if I'd this, never seen either, this of them. was better. I think this is still better. Okay. Yeah. The original is best. Just like, I'll give you another example, Willy Wonka. Oh, but the, that, I, yeah, you know, okay. The original version, Gene Wilder, that film is just one of my faves. No they, doubt. They remade it and it was rubbish. Yeah. They tried to sort of capture, they couldn't capture the same spirit. And not to say that the other movie didn't capture this spirit, but this was kind of the, the raw original version was, okay. you know, they had, they had, the, they had to sort of, to, to, carve out the path yep. and they did and it was just phenomenal performances all around speaking of which the casting call Henry Fonda is the star did, and, and we'll talk later about then none of the characters have names 
Oh, yeah. No one's named yep. until the very end. Yes. Two characters. Two named characters. Yeah. So Jura Eight was Henry Fonda, who who's the one who's the first non guilty voter. He's the center, is he? Right. And okay. He was he starred in Grapes of Wrath on Golden Pond. See, you're going to hate this, but I don't know any of them. Yeah. Well, the, the Lee J. Cobb, who was Jura Number Three. The yep. one with his kid, whose kid punched him when yep. he was when he grew up. The last he was on on the waterfront and the Exorcist. Okay, right. Martin Balsam, you've seen before. I know for a fact you've seen him before because he was juror number one. He was the foreman of the jury. Yes, he was in Psycho. Oh, I did recognise him. Remember, yeah. he was the investigator in Psycho? Remember oh, the guy who got stabbed and he fell down the out. stairs? Remember him? Yeah, okay. He was the guy, the investigator, private investigator. That was yeah. Martin Balsam. He was also in uh, All the President's Men, another classic movie. E.G. Marshall was juror number four, the guy with the glasses. So he was in Torah, Torah, Torah. He was the in a great... Suit. Yeah, he was in a great... Um, creep show was a, a three-part um, horror show, three different stories. He was in the third story about a clean freak. Uh, really w- worth a watch. Ed Begley, who's Ed Begley Jr.'s dad. Ed Begley Jr., being popular movie actor and TV actor. He was juror number 10. He was in The Sweet Bird of Youth and Hang'em High, a couple of westerns he was in. Jack Warden, juror number 7. Remember the dude who was loving the baseball, had the baseball tickets? Yeah. He was juror 7. He was in And Justice for All with Al Pacino. Great movie. He plays the judge in that really good movie. He was also in Heaven Can Wait. Jack Klugman, did you remember? Did you recognise Jack Klugman? He was juror number five, who was the guy who said, "Oh, I grew up in a slum. Maybe you can smell it on me." I, I remember the character, but I don't. He, he don't was in the him. Odd Couple with um, Tony Randall. Remember that show in the seventies? And it was also he was in Quincy, Quincy MD, very popular TV show. Okay. But according to I watched the DVD, the making of documentary, and he said that originally his character was supposed to be young, like twenty to twenty-one. They wanted right. someone younger, <clears throat> and uh, he was supposed to have. Because like there's that moment where he talks about, I grew up in the, yes, in the slums and stuff. But they wanted him to be, the character was initially supposed to be foreign, like an Italian, like olive skin, so yeah. someone who was more another, like the defender. Another, yeah. There's a Hungarian dude is the yep. other guy. But uh, they said, you know what? He thought, you know, what am I going to do? And they said, no, no, we're going to, he was 35 at the time. He said, no, no. So he, he accepted the role and he was also Jewish too. So he was reassured by Sidney Lumet. He goes, no, no, you'll be right. This will work. And then it did. Um, sadly, though, everyone in the movie is no longer with us. They're all really? passed on. Yeah, Jack Klugman was the last survivor. He died in, in 2012. So that entire cast has passed away. Yeah, was well, that's not, the most made in 19, yeah, was movie stat you've given made, us. Made in 1957, mate. It, was, uh, it is old. Quite, yeah, you're right. Quite a while back. Uh, we are going to get through the run-through in one moment, but before we do that, let's talk about Hisense, our other great sponsor. And... Even watching this movie, uh, a 1957 film, still quite, I got I had this. I watched this in high definition. Yes, and it looked magnificent on a big screen TV. Like Hisense have, yep. they have their up to 85 inches. You can get a how Hisense TV. There is ULED technology. There's Dolby Vision, so that you get the great looking picture, but also Dolby Atmos, so it sounds good as well. And Dolby Atmos, there's a lot of movies that have Dolby Atmos soundtracks, so you're hearing sounds coming from around the room and all originating from the television. So if you're after a big screen TV, they have got great picture quality, QLED technology. They've got 4K, 8K, but also too... 
they're one of the only companies that have a three-year warranty on their television. So you know, if you're buying a high-sense TV, you know the company backs their product with a three-year warranty that gives you added peace of mind. When you're at the retailer, remember the two blokes told you, go big. Two blokes, that's it. Go home. 85 inches is, I think, becoming the norm for a lot of people. So if you're going to, look, if you're going to, if you're looking for shopping for 75 inches. You're listening to this show, you love movies. You've got to go big. Come on. Yeah. If you're looking at 75, just say, you know what? Let's just go to 85. Yeah. Just do it. And you know what? A friend of mine, I recommended it. I said, mate, for that price, just pay a bit extra, get the 85. If, you, if your partner Happy said, why'd you, why'd you get an 85? I said, no, it's 75. Just don't tell them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will appreciate it. <laughs> so if you want to find out more, head over to highsense.com.au. All right. Are we ready? <laughs> Ready. Order in the court. Well, it starts <laughs> off, of course. The first shot is the courthouse, and, and we we find out it's the New York Supreme Court. Yep. And uh, did you like that shot that sort of pans through sort of the the outside of the courtrooms, and there was like uh, a person who came out and someone celebrating, so they obviously had a good result in the case. And so they, yes, it, you, you see the different. But different then down emotions. the other end, there's someone who's crying. Yeah, and, yeah. someone's sad. The result didn't go their way. Someone's pretty joyful. So there was a that that was a really nice establishing shot. Next thing we see, we're in the we're in the courtroom, yeah, and a really nice slow pan of the jury, and the 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 defendant, the judge telling them, you know, you've got a great responsibility here. This defendant's facing the death penalty, and then we see the the slow pan of the of the of the jury, and then they file, they retire to the jury room to yep. start the deliberation. And and this is the point where I initially go, okay, so you're not giving us anything. Like, yeah. you get into this deliberation and we know nothing. Yeah. So it's a fascinating way. Like, obviously, we, we, know, just, it's a, we know it's, just, that it's yes. a serious charge because he's facing death It makes penalty. perfect sense once you've seen the whole movie. But straight yeah. up here, I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I actually rewind and went, did I miss something? Well, did you see, though, when they filed out, there was one shot lasted about five seconds of the defendant. Oh, this no, young guy no. sort of look, look, really sort of had tears in his eyes, sort of looking thinking, God, you know, my, the fate of my life rests yeah, in your hands. Yeah. So that that was that one shot. And that's the only – I think he was even uncredited, that actor. You didn't even know who he was. Really? So they, they, that was that only shot of, of, of him in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's talked about, of course, the whole movie. But then we, we file into the room and we establish straight away it's going to be a hot day. So they're sort yes. of cooped up in this room. Yep. You see they're them sort of sweating it out, opening windows and all of that. I found it really interesting, though. Did you notice that uh, when they moved into the room, that they went to take their seats and there were newspapers on the table? Yeah, because new jurors are not meant to yeah, be exposed like, well, in this day yeah. and age. Well, yeah, exactly. I thought, well, why would you have news? This could have been in the press, this yeah. this this case. It doesn't so, make sense, actually, yeah, does yeah. it? So I, that stood out for That's me. That's a plot hole. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then we sort of, they, they file in, they say, you know, ask each other, how, how did you like it? You know, I've sat on many juries, talked about nothing. Um, and then one of the guys commented, you know, we've got to slap down these kids before they get started. And um, Juror 8 said, oh, we were lucky to get a murder case and all yeah. this. So everyone has sort of varying, varying uh, sort of opinions about being on the jury in the first place. And, you know, they talk about the knives and how what it's like in the movies, you know, they see yeah. this in the movies. And then it comes but, down, but though. Can I just say, that's, I actually, this was the moment I went, I'm in. Because I thought to myself, that's exactly how I'd be. I'd be like, yeah. this is nothing like it was on Law and Order. This is nothing yeah. like it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's your jury experience, hey, Law and Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. practice, Have you ever Law been on order. a jury? No. Have you ever been called for jury duty? Twice. Okay. In the last you three years. You did the sidestep, did you? Uh, unfortunately, I work in a job. I'm self-employed, and so it would impact on my family. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it would. I mean, that's... Okay. I, I would. Yeah, I, I've, I, uh, I actually turned up and got rejected. 
I, I didn't make I've it. Thought, uh, yeah, I got listen, dropped. When I retire, I'm an old man. <laughs> I will be a pest on juries. <laughs> Because I'll be in there going, yeah, he's guilty. I reckon we'll ask, we'll ask what jury you are by the end. Of the yeah, day. that's yeah, a good we'll idea. Who do you but fit but you know what I mean. Like yeah. at that point, I re- it resonated with me. Yeah, because these were guys who, like, they'd just been through an experience, yep. and they now had to familiarise themselves with this room, get adjusted, and make a very big decision. I thought that was a really good point in in the game yeah. because you started to get this point where there's a bloke here going, "Man, I got tickets to a ball game tonight." Like this is <laughs> so saying. Come on, let's get moving. There's yeah, this, yeah. there's this, there's this clear differentiation between you know people who are essentially here to take it very seriously and others who are just here to do their duty. Yeah, or if that. Yeah, yeah. And they they uh, they decide to sit in order of jury number. That sort yep. of helps you know who to. Uh, and they That's decide. Right. And uh, I didn't I didn't realize yeah. that until one bloke goes me sitting in my chair. Yeah, because he was you know, jury one was at the yeah. jury one was at the front. Yeah, and then two, three. Yeah. And um, they uh, they decide to get to the table and they, they chat about how, you know, what, what they're facing in terms of the seriousness of the charge. You know, I'm not going to make any rules. Uh, we can, well, discuss it first and uh, then vote on it. That's, of course, uh, that's uh, one way. And, uh, well, we can uh, vote on it right now. And I think it's customary to take a preliminary vote. Yeah, let's, let's vote. Who knows? Maybe we can all get out of here, huh? Uh-huh. Okay, then uh, I think that, um, of course, you know that we uh, have a first-degree murder charge here, and if we vote the accused guilty, uh, we've got to send him to the chair. Um, that's mandatory. I think we know that. Let's yeah, go. let's see who's where. So that that establishes straight away that, you know, this is a serious decision. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating kind of in-your-face, boys. You realise if we all yeah. go 12-0 here, this bloke's dead. He's gone. And it's 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 pause it's pause for thought right it's Absolutely. that moment and that becomes a, a very relevant because they take the vote yeah. and it's eleven one yeah and and then, and, and it's a yeah. very like I I really like that moment and it's probably because he's such a great actor right but it really felt you felt his his pause you felt him want to go actually maybe not eleven guilty one not guilty well now we know where we are boy oh boy there's always one. <laughs> Hello, what are we doing now? I guess we talk. Boy, oh boy. You really think he's innocent? I don't know. I mean, you sat in court with the rest of us. You heard what we did. The kid's a dangerous killer. You could see it. He's 18 years old. Well, that's old enough. He, he stabbed his own father four inches into the chest. They proved it a dozen different ways in court. Would you like me to list them for you? No. Then what do you want? I just want to talk. So we we think we find out that the this the, the juror eight is Henry Fonda. So he he's thinking, look, it's worth a chat. This guy, yeah. we're not gonna immediately in one minute decide this place. And there's to die. things it's interesting, and I don't know whether it's of the time or, or whether there's been changes to the legal system. That's you know, much more detail than I would ever know, but like there's things that I accept about the legal system, like you know, um, you know, uh, uh, guilty until proven innocent, innocent until proven, proven guilty. Yeah. You know, reasonable doubt, like yeah. things like this that yeah. we all kind of know from watching legal shows yep. that actually never really come up here. I don't think they mention reasonable doubt. Oh yeah, they mention it later. Enough. For sure. yeah, like at that yeah. point, yeah. this bloke. Oh, at this point, no, no. He, at, his, at this point, he's not saying, "Listen, I'm sitting here because I've got a bit yeah. of doubt." Well, there's eleven people that think it's cut and dry. And this guy is thinking, look, it's not easy. He says, it's not easy to raise my hand to be alone here. Um, you know, we're talking about taking someone's life. So it's worth a chat. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can suppose in it whatever you want, but it's worth a, a, a go around the table. But it's also about, the point where they start talking about 
like derogatory about this kid. Yeah. It's it's this is the first point of the movie and it's the first point where you realize hang on a minute they're talking about they're making assumptions about the kid as opposed yeah. to about the case. This boy's been hit so many times in his life that violence is practically a it's a normal state of affairs with him. I just I can't see two slaps in the face provoking him into committing murder. It may have been too too many. Everyone has a breaking point. So that's a that's a point a fair point at the start. Yeah. And uh, the so the, I, th- I think what what we see here the discussion sort of turns a little bit sort of racial. It turns a little bit like class. You know, people living yeah, in there's slums. A, there's a whole class decision, yeah. isn't there? So it's a whole thing there. And and they I, I like the line from juror number one who says, "Listen, why don't why don't you tell us what you're thinking, and we'll tell you what where you gone wrong." I mean, he yeah, sort of automatically assumed it's that a, it's an assumption that that he's he's the guy that's so the wrong. Yeah. The first go around the table, they all they all thought they all ask why they think he's guilty, and it goes, you know, we just think he's guilty. Let's hear the facts. The old man heard the loud noises, fighting. He heard he's going to say, "I'm going to kill it's a, you." It's a very smart way to bring us because again, well, it, you it reveals of, the story. Correct. Yeah. You think about how this could have been done. This script could have been okay. It's a two-hour movie. Yeah. Let's show. 30 to 40 minutes of a court case, you know, the key arguments. And then the actual and then let's And yeah. then and then let's show the jury. There's not one, like you'd think in a modern movie they would have thought, yeah. let's show a, like a flashback of a scene or something. No. They didn't, they said, no, no, it's all you know, in their eyes. If you were pitching this, you'd say, we're going to go through the courthouse, yeah. we're going to show the court case, we're going to have these arguments, yeah. but it's going to be a very quick court case, but then there's going to be this hour discussion among the yeah, jurors. Well, well, that's law and order. But instead that? Sort of, of that, works, yeah. they've just gone, yeah. let's, let's expose all the things you'd normally see through the court yeah. scenes in in these moments. I thought it was a brilliant yeah, way well, to go around the table and expose the they, scenes. They drip feed the details and sort of the yeah the the, the, the kids accused of murdering his father found with a knife in his chest. The they said uh, his entire story, his alibi was that he was at the movies but he couldn't remember the movies. They say there was a witness, the woman saw him through the passing L track, which is elevated track. Yep. And they say that, you know, uh, well why 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 don't you believe the boy's story? Like, why do you believe the woman? I think one of them has a crack at him, so she's one of them too, isn't she? Yeah, like, in yeah. other words, a foreigner. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, and then also they sort of say, well, what about his motive? Like, he, they had an argument at 8 p.m. They saw him run out of the house. The other one said, look, look at his record. He's been in reform school. He's handy with a knife. So they're all making these assumptions. Yeah. And, and one of them there says, look, you know, the kids, the way they are today, he said, when I was a kid, it was a lot different. When I was a kid, I used to call my father, sir. That's right, sir. You ever hear a kid call his father that anymore? Fathers don't seem to think it's important anymore. You got any kids? Three. I got one. Twenty-two years old. When he was nine years old, he ran away from a fight. I saw it. I was so embarrassed, I almost threw up. I said, I'm going to make a man out of you if I have to break you in two trying. Well, I made a man out of him. When he was 16, we had a fight. Hit me in the jaw, his big kid. I haven't seen him for two years. So now, we, I'm going to tell you, yeah, I missed that. Oh. I kind of, I don't know, you know, I... I I guess we're different in the way we want. You would you would be just so focused, but sometimes I'm just like I'm looking at again because I'm trying to take these movies in. Sometimes yep. I'm looking around at stuff, yep. and I saw I, I saw this scene. I saw him pull the photo out. Yep. Da 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 da. That was juror number three. I watched yep. this. I actually rewound 
to ah, that at okay. the end of the movie because ah. it, because it becomes quite poignant, choose, right? Because yeah. later on, with the photo comes yeah, up, you know, I went I back and I went, okay, I needed yeah. to know a bit more about He's the motivated. Of that. He's yes. motivated in, in yes. to do this, but um, the talk then sort of swings around to you know he lived in a slum and you know, slums are breeding ground for crime. And one of the jurors, juror number four, this is the guy that then now says, juror number five says, "Oh, I lived in a slum." Yes. He goes, "What? Well, maybe you can smell the garbage on me." Sort of. He said, "Okay, let's let's take Which it." Is easy. When you said he, that was meant to be a young kid, yes. you can see why that, that would have worked Clark. perfectly. Yes, correct. So, and he was supposed to be like an Italian-looking person too, apparently. So. Um, Anyway, they um they, they they start talking about the case and the the I think the juror number eight sort of says you know the, the defence wasn't thorough enough you know there's a lot of little things you know put yourself in the kid's place you know yeah. there was one alleged eyewitness one person heard something suppose they're all wrong could they yeah. be wrong he was asking he yep. was challenging them yep. about that um so but then what I love about this is the responses he got kind of confirms his argument yes and one of them responds he goes no one can know about a thing like that. It's not an exact science. So they're kind of saying, okay, well, there was you agree so, with me then. There's actually at least a few times in this movie where their You'll own words yeah. catch yes. themselves out. And then they talk about the knife. They said, oh, this, you know, I love this bit. Let's get it back in here. Let's yes. have a look. It's a pretty unique looking knife. By the so way, if I was a juror, I'd be doing that. I'd be like, get someone to bring in that, that exhibit. <laughs> so it had a very unusual carved blade. And he says that he met his friends Apparently had the same weapon. It was it was found in, embedded in the father. Uh, apparently the he was the kid was sold a similar knife or the yep. same knife, and um, he he claims the knife fell out of his pocket. And it's they're thinking, well, what, they're all thinking, what are the come odds? on, hey, what are the odds of, of us seeing a knife like this? And he goes, look, it's a very unique knife. They they had a look at it, but then Henry uh, or juror number eight pulls this. Now, are you trying to tell me that this knife? Really fell through a hole in the boy's pocket. Someone picked it up off the street, went to the boy's house, and stabbed his father with it just to test its sharpness? No, I'm just saying it's possible the boy lost his knife and that somebody else stabbed his father with a similar knife. It's just possible. Take a look at this knife. It's a very unusual knife. I've never seen one like it. Neither had the storekeeper who sold it to the boy. Aren't you asking us to accept a pretty incredible coincidence? I'm just saying a coincidence is possible. And I say it's not possible. That's not a knife. <laughs> Where did that come from? Where did you get it? I went out walking for a couple of hours last night. I walked through the boy's neighborhood. I bought that in a little pawn shop just two blocks from the boy's house. It cost six dollars. So he showed it's not that unique a knife. Um, I will talk later in the about the, him the, whether he could have actually done that legally or not, and being being on a jury and the whole thing that revolving around the knife. But it was at that point they decided, well, you know what? Let's take another vote. But this time, secret ballot, and they went around and and he says to jury number eight, goes, look, if if eleven is not guilty, we tell the judge we're a hung jury. Yep. If another not guilty, we talk it out. Yeah, they do. They do. You see, I love how they oh. get the piece of paper back. You see them being read. My favorite part about this is, again, as a you know, in the world of reality TV, you expect it's the last one that's going to be not guilty, no. but it's actually not. It's maybe it's like the third last one. Yeah, it's. It's. I reckon well, it's it six was. Or seven it was the. Um, the old man who changed his vote. Yeah, right. He's like, sitting uh, next to it's a jury number nine. Yeah, he, and he said, "Look, you know, as this gentleman was standing alone, he, he gambled on support, and he got it. I want to hear more." So he yep. sort of convinced him there's some there might be yeah. some doubt. He, he he doesn't say he yep. truly believes he's 
not guilty. He yeah. just says that based on the vote we're taking, which is to get an, a longer discussion, someone else needs to vote. I'm yep. voting and I want to talk And that's more. what happened. So yep. um, they decided to take a little break. And uh, the ad guy, I love the ad guy. He was sort of, he, has, he was explaining to his mate, the, the bloke next to him, he goes, I love it when we have ex- when we try to express our ideas, it pre- we proceed it with a phrase. So well, I think the one he uses, he goes, let's run it up and up flagpole, see if anyone salutes. And he himself uses the term, you know, let's put it on the stoop and see if the cat licks it up. Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical ad man, right? Um the the guy in the bathroom they have the conversation. We find out that juror number eight, Henry Fond, is an architect, and he has a chat with the guy who's uh, got, the tickets, to got the tickets. Got the tickets to <laughs> Art Vandelay. He talks to the dude with the with the tickets, with the baseball tickets, right? Yeah. So he watches his face. They have a chat, and then I love the line. He says, "Look, you know." He says, oh, we're going to be talking and talking all day. He goes, "You know, I'm going to get a sore throat." And he says, "What's the difference between getting a sore throat here at the ball game?" It's really Brilliant nice line. line. Yeah, Great yeah, line. Yeah. So they get back down to business, and uh, the old man, uh, they talk about, right, the old man apparently hears the guy yell, I'm going to kill you, and then they hit, they hear the body hit the ground. The old man who lived downstairs says he heard the kid yell out, I'm going to kill you. Second later, he heard the body hit the floor. Now, he ran to the door, and he saw the kid running down the stairs and out of the house. What does that mean to you? Well, I was wondering how clearly the old man could have heard the boy's voice through the ceiling. Didn't hear it through the ceiling. The window was open. So was the one upstairs. It was a hot night, remember? It was another apartment. It's not that easy to identify a voice, particularly a he shouting identified voice. identified it in court. That's right. And don't forget the lady across the street. She looked right in the open window and saw the boy stab his father. Now, I mean, isn't that enough for you? No, it isn't. Boy, <laughs> how do you like this guy, huh? It's like talking to a dead phone. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember in this bit now where he's having a chat about you know, identifying a shouting voice? He, and he's very he's, serious. This yeah. Is... Then he sees him playing tic tac toe. Yeah. And he grabs the grabs the paper, rips off the paper. It's not a game. Yeah. And and then the guy juror number three says, "Oh, the nerve of this bloke! Who do you think you are?" <laughs> yeah. And then they get talking. He sort of the subject goes back to the train. The L train. They try to think. Well, how long do you reckon it takes a train to pass a certain point? You know, they think. Oh, this and that. They they come up with ten seconds. Yeah. For a train to pass. Now the elevator train is a short L train is short for elevated yep. train. Now in at the time it was a really important part of the movie because the witness testified she saw the mur- sees the murder through the passing L train. Now, in 1954, when this came out, it was accurate at the time. But in 1957, the last L train made it. They they were no longer around. The last L train made its final run in 1955. Yeah, right. So L trains didn't exist when the time this was made into a movie. So it was, it was kind of at the time when it was written, there was elevator trains, but not now. So yeah. it's um, the uh, that's sort of a, a a note that they mentioned. But I also mentioned too that living near an L track and you can imagine like an elevated track would mean it's up off the ground and sort of level with sort of level two three apartments yeah so it, it would be uh would be quite loud has anyone here ever lived near the L tracks well uh I just finished painting an apartment that overlooked an L line I was there for three days what was it like what do you mean noisy oh brother yeah, it don't matter though we're all punchy I lived in a second floor apartment near the L line once when the window is open and the train goes by, the noise is almost unbearable. You can hardly hear yourself think. All right, you can't hear yourself think. Well, you get to the point. I will. Now, just a minute. So he's trying to establish the fact that, A, the L train, she saw through the last two cars of the L train and trying to establish that at that point, she saw the murder happen, but at that point, the old man heard, I'm going to kill you. So yeah, they're trying to speculate. He's taking two very important pieces of witness testimony and trying to determine whether either one of them could be correct. The old man in the apartment downstairs. 
He says he heard the boy say, I'm going to kill you, and a split second later heard a body hit the floor. One second later, right? That's right. Second. The woman across the street swore positively she looked out of the window and saw the killing through the last two cars of a passing elevated train, right? The last two cars. Well, what are you giving us here? Just, now, just a minute. We've agreed that it takes 10 seconds for a train to pass a given point. Since the woman saw the killing through the last two cars, we can assume that the body hit the floor just as the train went by. Therefore, the train had been roaring by the old man's window a full 10 seconds before the body hit the floor. The old man, according to his own testimony, I'm going to kill you, body hitting the floor a split second later, would have had to hear the boy make this statement with the L roaring past his nose. It's not possible he could have heard it. It's a so, brilliant piece, here because the of all the evidence that you hear in this whole um, uh, jury deliberation, if, if either the old man or the woman across the way, if their testimonies are brought into question, it's like I'm sitting, yeah. this is the point where I'm right, okay, I'm now on the yeah. not guilty. Reasonable like this doubt. is the point yeah, yeah. where you establish that reasonable doubt. I think that's that's the best yeah. thing here because then this whole learning that we have, and again, you've got to remember, we didn't see the court case, but we, we see it through their eyes. So I actually think it's a really cool way of going how many people would remember all these things about the testimony. It was Absolutely so, so right. well done. But they discover it's a, it's a matter of seconds. He said he yelled at the top of his voice. That's good enough for me. Even if he heard something, he still couldn't have identified the voice with the yell roaring by. You're talking about a matter of seconds. Nobody can be that accurate. Well, I think testimony that could put a boy into the electric chair should be that accurate. Yeah. So they're, exactly, talk, yeah. so they're talking about, well, why would the old man say that? And he, he goes on to say, well... Doesn't the other old man, the juror yeah. number nine... Yes. Because he, he's an old man. He yeah. kind of goes, you know what? He's old. He's, this, yeah. is, this is a chance to be in the public to be eye. Someone. Yeah. Not because he wants to be famous because he heard a murder, but he just wants to see his name in the paper. Yeah. He wants to be quoted. And he, he, they, he, he also points out the fact that um, he saw the old man saw the other old man in court. He said, look, he had a torn jacket. He was dragging his left leg, trying yeah. to hide it. Um, he's been nothing his entire life. So um, he's he's thinking, well, you know, this guy's trying to sort of maintain his dignity. If they believe me about this big court case, then I'm somebody. Sort yeah. Of thing. So um, the, the, the discussion comes around to the, the phrase, I'm going to kill you, and, and how many times people have say it in natural conversation. This phrase, how many times have all of us used it? Probably thousands. I could kill you for that, darling. Junior, you do that once more and I'm going to kill you. Get in there, Rocky, and kill us. I say it every day. That doesn't mean we're really going to kill it. Wait a minute. What are you trying to give us here? The phrase was, I'm going to kill you. The kid yelled it at the top of his lungs. Don't tell me you didn't mean it. Anybody says a thing like that the way he said it, they mean it. So they take now another vote. Yeah, and the not guilty vote it goes nine to three. So nine guilty, three not guilty. So yeah. he sort of he's 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 got two turning more him around. He's got yeah, he's got two more on board. So he the, the discussion goes next to like why would the this, he had a lawyer? Why didn't the lawyer think of this? And he was yeah. saying, look, you know the um he was a court appointed lawyer. He he probably thought there was no real prestige in all in all this case. Yeah. But then the other juror brings up the fact that you know he he if he allegedly committed this murder, why would he go home again? Now, how was he caught by the police? He came back home uh, at 3 o'clock or so, and he was captured by two detectives in the hallway of his house. Now, my question is, if he really had killed his father, why would he come back home three hours later? Wouldn't he be afraid of being caught? So that's a pretty good question. Yeah. Why would you go back? If you yeah. committed this murder, why would you go back there? Yeah. 
and their, their, their speculation was, well, he had to retrieve the murder weapon and maybe he left fingerprints on the knife. So there's all this other speculation. May not have heard the woman's the scream. Remember, yeah. there was a scream at the time. Uh, did the old man actually see him run out? Well, this is the this is the next big part of the whole thing, but they they do call for another vote. We've seen yes. this conversation now for a bit, and the next vote is now 8-4. Eight, 8-4. Four. Eight, four. So it's yeah. very... And to be honest, at this point of the movie... I'm going right here. I see where this is going. Yeah. This is going to go heavily one way, but I still don't fully know where it's going to end up. And I think that's what's exciting about it. Yeah. Because actually what's weird here is at this point I went, okay, the title's 12 Angry Men. So I feel like this thing's going to go back to 111 instead of 11-1. Like, I felt like I could see where the movie was going, but absolutely couldn't guarantee how it would end. Exactly right. So the, the conversation turns towards the old man, yeah. not the old man juror, the old man witness, but it, who he has a, he's got a. Remember, we established that he drags his got, left foot a little bit. Leg. So the speculation comes from he had to. Did he? He said he got to the door, saw someone running down the stairs. So he had to get from his bedroom to the down to the hallway. So they asked to see a diagram of the apartment, yes. and they established that it's uh, like fifty-eight feet. Yep. So can an old man who drags his foot? make it to the door in time. So they start, they decide to reenact it. Now let's see, it was, it's 12 feet from the bed to the door. The hall is 43 feet. He would have had to walk 12 feet, open the bedroom door, walk 43 feet down and open the front door all in 15 seconds. You think he could have done it? Sure he could have done it. He can walk only very slowly. They had to help him into the witness chair. You make it sound like a long walk. Or an old man who had a stroke, it is a long walk. Oh. What are you doing? I'm going to try it. See how long it took. What do you mean you want to try it? Why didn't his lawyer bring it up of its own court? Well, maybe he just didn't think about it. What do you it, mean right? didn't think of it? To think a man's an idiot or something? It's an obvious thing. <laughs> hey, Did you think of it? Listen, there. smart guy, don't matter whether I thought of it. He didn't bring it up because he knew it had hurt his case. What do you think of that? Hey, maybe he didn't bring it up because it would have meant bullying and badgering a helpless old man. You know that doesn't sit very well with the jury. Most lawyers avoid it if they can. So what kind of a bum is he then? That's what I've been asking, buddy. Pass me that chair, will you? So they, they go ahead and reenact it, and the, the, the speculation is, well, he's an old man, the 15 seconds. How does he know how long 15 seconds is? You can't judge a thing like that. He said 15 seconds. He was very positive about it. Uh, he was an old man half the time he was confused. How could he be positive about anything? So does that, that's another it's thing another saying, reinforcement of okay, the whole how can he be positive about and anything? I think, if I'm right, at this point when he says that, he does have, isn't he facing away and he questions him, himself? Yeah, he sort of, you know, he sort of realized what <laughs> he, he realized just said. He realized what he just yeah. said. But then they do but he's the not looking at them when he says that. No, he's not. But they do the reenactment, and so they set out the chairs, and yep. he walks the 58 feet, and he says, oh, okay, okay who's got a se- hand with this? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the guy with the stopwatch is going, <laughs> waiting, it, waiting for it to get to yeah. 60. <laughs> he's got a stopwatch, he's just using a normal watch. So, which is smart. The if you watch the movie carefully, and he does the demonstration and he says, "Oh, how long?" and he goes, "41 seconds." Now, if you if you have your own stopwatch, right? Yeah. Juror number eight reenacts it, so we see it. Yeah, it actually takes 31 seconds, not yeah. 41. If you time say, it, didn't, it didn't yeah, seem that 41. Long. It actually takes 31 if you want to get your stopwatch out. So, uh, <laughs> his his argument now is that he got to the staircase and assumed it was the boy, the boy yeah. running down the stairs. So there's now some doubt. Now More speculation. When when he says, "Look, now at that point, he's sort of sort of trying to paint the picture that this kid could be innocent." Brother, I've seen all kinds of dishonesty in my day, but this little display takes the cake. You all come in here with your hearts bleeding all over the floor about slum kids and injustice. You listen to some fairy tales, suddenly you start getting through to some of these old ladies. Well, you're not getting through to me. I've had enough. 
What's the matter with you guys? You all know he's guilty. He's got to burn. You're letting him slip through our fingers. Slip through our fingers? Are you his executioner? I'm one of them. Perhaps you'd like to pull the switch. For this kid, you bet I would. I feel sorry for you. What it must feel like to want to pull the switch. Ever since you walked into this room, you've been acting like a self-appointed public avenger. You want to see this boy die because you personally want it, not because of the facts. You're a sadist. Kill him, Kill him! You don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? So that he said, I'm going to kill him. So yeah. he goes, he said, anyone who yells at the top of his voice has to be yeah. And he does it it's himself. Just, it's actually so well scripted in that sense, right? <laughs> That's because genius, yeah. there's so many of those, I've said it oh, before, yeah. there's so many of those moments where it yeah. validates the, the, the change in the vote that's occurring. So they decide to have another vote. And they said, look, you know, should it make it a personal thing? I love the question. One of the jurors asks the white guy next to him, says, don't you ever sweat? Yes, so he's got his jacket on. Suit. Yeah. yeah, he goes, no. He goes, uh, they take another vote. They, this time they decide open ballot. Yeah. And this time, six, six, six. to six. So the guy at the end who always coming up with the baseball analogy is, oh, and then we go into extra innings <laughs> <laughs> as well. So uh, the other, the, the one of them pipes up. He goes, oh, you can twist the facts any way you want. And then they really, it starts raining. Remember, it, um, the, uh, one of them asks, why did you change your vote? He goes, well, I've got room for doubt. I'm thinking, well, yeah. you know, if there's a doubt, then let's talk about but it. But what I meant earlier about the reasonable doubt thing is I don't think they talk about it enough. Yeah. Like at that point where he says that, that's where I would have had a, a line where they talk more about yeah. the fact that reasonable doubt is the most critical part of yep. the, the the justice system. If there's any reasonable doubt. Absolutely right. Any p- reasonable doubt. and, and Even like, more so in they, a death penalty case. They establish the fact that the defendant doesn't even have to say anything. It's the it's a prosecution who has to prove that's that they're, right. they're guilty. Yeah. So uh, the bloke gets the fan to work. Isn't that he funny? Was like, and he throws the paper <laughs> and hits the old man this, in the head. This whole time <laughs> that they can't, they're sweating, and then the fan works <laughs> fan when works. the rain comes. Yeah. Now the discussion was about his alibi and uh, you know how the fact that he he couldn't remember um, the movies. Do you think you could remember tales after an upsetting experience, such as being slapped in the face by your father? I think so. Is there any special details to remember? The boy couldn't remember the names of the movies he saw because he wasn't there that night. And they discussed the fact that he, he could recite them in court. But at the time, he said he was under personal stress. And they said, oh, yeah, he made a point of knowing what was playing and all of that. But then he decides to ask him a question about it as well and trying to test his memory. Monday night. Monday night... Uh my wife and I went to the movie. What did you see? The Scarlet Circle. It is a very clever whodunit. What was the second feature? The, uh, I'll tell you in a minute. The, That's uh, the rain in the background, by the way. Yes. Remarkable Mrs. Uh, something, the, Mrs. Uh, Bainbridge, the remarkable Mrs. Bainbridge. I saw that. It's called The Amazing Mrs. Bainbridge. <laughs> uh, yes, The Amazing Mrs. Bainbridge. I think that's right. Who was in The Amazing Mrs. Bainbridge? Barbara Long, I think it was. Dark Any relation? <laughs> Ling or Long, something like that. Who else? I'd never heard of him before. It's a very inexpensive second feature with uh, unknown. And you weren't under an emotional stress, were you? Yeah. So he kind of makes the point because uh, again, he said, "Look." You couldn't even remember it, and you were fine. It's at this point yeah. you realise that juror number eight is essentially playing the role of the defence attorney. 
Exactly. These, right. are all, these are all things. Absolutely and right. And it goes to that point yeah. they made earlier. And again, yeah. this is my law and order trading. But yeah. this this is the point he made earlier is that that defence attorney was, you know, court appointed. Yeah. You know, no there was, glory there was it. never yeah. a chance. So, Seemed cut and dry. Yeah. So they're just picking apart the very things that should have been picked apart in, in the whole process. One little detail I picked up after yeah. the 500th watch of this was that at the very end of that when he goes, and you weren't under any emotional stress, a little bead of sweat goes down his oh, forehead. Really? So remember he, before he said, I don't sweat? Yes. He was sweating this time. Oh, which gives relevance yeah. to the I don't sweat thing. Yeah, right. so that was it. A bit like uh, Prince Andrew. He reckons he doesn't sweat oh, either. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very good analogy. So uh, they talk about, though, the uh, the downward angle of the stab wound. Yes. So remember they had the This knife. is a really good bit because, yeah. again, these are things that would be absolutely shown and yeah. discussed in the open court. But clearly weren't questioned. Well, the argument was that at five foot seven, it was he was much shorter than his dad. Yep. It'd be hard to stab down downwards to a taller man. Yeah. And uh, juror number three decides to uh, to give it a go. I want you to watch this because I don't want to have to do it again. I'll make myself about six or seven inches shorter. Okay. It's about right. Maybe a little more. Okay, a little more. What's it all Nobody's hurt. Right? Right, nobody heard. So remember that a few minutes ago he said, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and yeah. he was demonstrating a knife and he sort of had a yeah. had a bit of a crack. That's why they went, oh, you. Yeah, yeah. So he thought they like, panicked. Then he put the knife in his pocket. Remember, he goes, nobody got hurt. Knife's in his pocket. But then um, juror number five talk, speaks up. That's uh, Jack Klugman, and he, you know, the guy who lived in the slums. He was asking then, he said, look, have you ever seen a knife fight? Can you give me that? Oh, I hate these things. Did you ever see a knife fight? No. You? No. Anybody here ever see a knife fight? This is a great beat. Well, I have. You know, on my back stoop, a lot across the street, backyard. Switchblades came with the neighborhood where I live. Funny, I never thought of it before. I guess you try to forget those things. How'd he use a switchblade? Well, he'd never use it like this. See, you lose too much time switching hands. Here's how. Underhanded. Anyone who's ever used the switch knife wouldn't handle it any other way. Are you sure? I'm sure. That's why they're made to open like that. Switchblades. Oh, eh? This is the only, this is one of the only points where I um, become someone like I've I'm, I've changed to not guilty early on, right? Because just because of the doubt. But I, I would have picked that one apart and gone, well, yeah. But in a, a switchblade like that, that's in a, in a street fight. In a street fight. Yeah, but yeah. if you're walking into a room, premeditated plan, yeah, you would probably be holding it. Yeah, in absolutely. No, I, I agree with that. Um, so they decide though. The guy at the end, the baseball fan, he decides <laughs> he's changed his vote. You heard me. I had enough. What do you mean you've had enough? That's no answer. Hey, listen. You just uh, take care of yourself, huh? You know. He's right. That's not an answer. What kind of a man are you? You have sat here and voted guilty with everyone else because there are some baseball tickets burning a hole in your pocket. And now you have changed your vote because you say you're sick of all the talking here? Now listen, buddy. Who tells you that you have the right to play like this with a man's life? Don't you care? Now wait a minute. You can't talk like that to me. I can talk like that to you. If you want to vote not guilty, then do it because you are convinced the man is not guilty, not because you've had enough. And if you think he is guilty, then vote that way. Or don't you have the guts to do what you think is right? Fair point. Yeah. Absolutely fair point. 
They take another vote. This time was a show of hands. Yep, pretty and we're solid. Down to three guilty, nine yeah. not guilty. I mean, it's it's moved very quickly at this point, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But one of the jurors who's kind of been chipping away in the background about sort of the, you know, where the kid comes from, he's sort of these sort of people, he sort of goes off uh, on a little bit of a rant. You saw this kid just like I did. You're not going to tell me you believe that phony story about losing the knife and that business about being at the movies. Look, you know how these people lie? It's born in them. I mean, what the heck? I don't have to tell you. They don't know what the truth is. And let me tell you, they don't need any real big reason to kill someone either. No, sir. They get drunk. All oh, they're real big drinkers, all of them. You know that. And bang, someone's lying in the gutter. So, yeah, a little bit mm. of a racist rant there. Yeah, pretty solid. But did you notice what happens here in the, in the, in the room? He's, he's giving this tirade, right, this rant. Yeah. And you notice, again, my hundredth watch, everyone moves away from him. They all get up yeah. off the table and move into the corner. So it's, they're, it they're separating a, themselves from physical, him. They're it's distant, a physical distancing. They're literally not just the, distancing themselves from him. It's not just about their vote. Yeah. yeah, and then he eventually comes to the table in the corner and he, he starts, uh, he, he, he shuts up. But... um. The jury number eight pipes up. He goes, look, it's, it's very hard to sort of keep personal prejudices out of it. You know, no one really knows. And you know, then he mentions the fact, you know, reasonable doubt. But the talk then switches to the woman yeah. who saw the murder. Apparently she had her bed next to the window. This is the woman who yeah. saw it through the L through train Through the L well. train. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently she turned to the window and he that she claims she saw the murder through the last two trains of the L train. Carriages, yeah. To track of the, the carriages of the L train. Um then one of the other jurors, uh, the juror who doesn't sweat, so juror number four, four, I think he was, he takes off his glasses and starts rubbing his nose, which is something the old man picks up on. Now, why were you rubbing your nose like that? Well, if it's any of your business, I was rubbing it because it bothers me a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it, is it because of your eyeglasses? It is. Now, could we get on to something else? Your eyeglasses made those two deep impressions from the size of your nose. I hadn't noticed that before. That must be annoying. <laughs> it is very annoying. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know about that. I've never worn eyeglasses. 2020. Listen, will you come on already with the optometrist bit? The woman who testified that she saw the killing had those same marks on the sides of her nose. Just give me a minute. Now I'll be finished. I don't know if anyone else noticed that about her. I didn't think of it then, but I've been going over her face in my mind. She had those same marks. She kept rubbing them in court. He's right. Now she did do that a lot. And so they established the fact that. Could anything else but eyeglasses create those impressions? And, yeah. and juror number four says, no, no, nothing else. And, and the great thing about this bit is I, I thought about it, I thought, geez, mate, you really you notice that? But then you realise in court, she would have been most likely on the witness stand for an hour, maybe many hours. Yeah. Um, and it is, you would kind of notice those things about people. Like you notice yeah. weird things about people straight yeah. up, but yeah. detailed things like that, you would notice. Well, the foreman said, he goes, I noticed him too. Oh, I was sitting closest to her. So yeah. he, he noticed it too. And, the old man then, like the old man who's sort of the wise head, the wise one of the group, remember he identified the old man as being someone who wanted to be someone he's yep. not. He also identified this woman as trying to look younger yes. than she is yes. and all of that. So um, he, he gets through to there as well. Um, 
Then they say, look, you know, what What about all the other stuff, you know, that you can throw out the other evidence? Uh, at this point, at this point yeah. they're down to 111, aren't they? They are. They're, they, they tra- Juror just, 3 Juror three is the only one voting not guilty. And he's saying, look, what about all the other arguments? The old man heard it, the knife, the, old, the, the woman saw him, knife falling out of his pockets. He can't prove it. No. And so he said, look, yeah, everything's twisted. You, you can, you know, you've got the facts. The, you know, here are all the facts. But everyone, everyone was staring at him and he come up with this. Well, say something. You lousy bunch of bleeding hearts. You're not going to intimidate me. I'm entitled to my opinion. Rotten kids, you work your life out. So he's tearing up the photo of his son. So that that really like and, and it's evidence. Remember from that bit at the beginning where his son who wanted to make a man and make a man out of you. Yeah. And so he obviously had this thing about he he was picturing himself in that thing. He was he's putting himself in the father's shoes. Yep. The son murders him. He felt for the old man, thinking I've been treated like crap myself. Yeah. So he was thinking this is my chance to get even. This is my chance. And the other guy who was racist, he was thinking, oh, he's a he's a you know he's he's a foreigner. You know what they're like. Yep. So they all, all their prejudices, all their, all their prejudices was exposed, and their consciences catch up with them. Exactly right. Essentially, this yeah. bloke it was point, three. They were sort of they had a they had a, a sort of the mirror pointed at them. They were sort of saw what they were like. Like it, just take number three on his own. Yeah, because of his life and his experience with his son, he's like, I don't care. This bloke did it. Send him to the chair. Done. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. And it takes him to be, as you say, turn the mirror on his own life for him to realize that, you know yeah. what. Any any level of doubt, any any issue here, there's no way this guy should yeah. be killed. I love this the the, the like yeah the, the juror number three had was bro- had broken down was crying and they're all I think the foreman goes to the door and says look we're ready now they all start grabbing their coats yeah and I loved how juror number eight Henry Fonda goes to the coat rack brings out juror number three's coat puts it on him and says uh, you know helps him up and. Yep. No hard feelings sort of thing. and yep. that, that was a nice little yeah, end it's to a it. nice touch. And I liked the fact, too, that you notice that juror number eight was wearing white. He was the yeah. only one in white, so he kind of stood out from the crowd. He was sort of – he was – Dressed to look different to everyone else. Everyone else, which in a black like and white movie is a very yeah. difficult thing to do, right? Exactly. So, but everyone else had sort of darker clothes. So he was yeah. meant to stand out as the white, like he's whether that's sort of he's the, the white knight, the white knight, sort of literally mm-hmm. the white knight. Um, I love the uh, the end scene where he sees his old man, the old man outside, and uh, he hey, says, "Hey, hey, this you. is where you find someone." Yes, name. he goes, "Oh, what's your name?" And he says, um, "Davis." And then the old man says, oh, "My name's McCardle." And then. He goes, okay, see ya. And yeah, it's not, it's not like they're, they know each other's <laughs> surname. The mates. chances of finding each other ever again are pretty slim. So, so yeah, they, it's weird. Uh, they walk away. The rain stopped. And uh, I it. love the credits at the end, which shows you each actor in their yes. name. It's yes. really good. Yeah, I love that. They do that in a few other movies. This one in particular, they do a very good job. Um, did you catch a line? A lot of good lines in this one, mate. Um, the 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 lot of snappy dialogue here. And... Uh, it starts with remember remember the Hungarian dude talking to yep. sort of the racist dude. Well, I suppose somebody has to start it off again. I beg pardon. I beg pardon. What are you so polite about? For the same reason you're not. 
It's the way it was brought up. Such a great line. Like, that's one I... Like, you know how you've you've got famous movie quotes just in your mind? That's one I want. That's a I want that in my memory. Similar... Another exchange from those two characters as well. Here we go, have. I don't think so. He's much too bright for that. Bright? He's a common, ignorant slob. He don't even speak good English. He doesn't. <laughs> so again, get that hung, India. thick accent. Yeah, correcting someone on their English <laughs> is brilliant. I love too the fact that the the guy who was I think juror number now juror number six was yeah. the working man, the painter. Yeah, and uh, he gets up and and defends the old man. Why should he lie? What's he got to gain? Attention, maybe. You keep coming in with these bright sayings. Why don't you send them into a paper? They pay three dollars a piece. <laughs> What are you talking to him like that for? Guy talks like that to an old man really ought to get stepped on, you know? You ought to have more respect, mister. If you say stuff like that to him again, I'm going to lay you out. So he basically said, mate, you do that again, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. It's, it's an interesting turn of phrase, isn't it? Absolutely. Lay, lay you out. out. Lay yeah. you out. That's it. But I love this, this little line at the end of the races. Remember the dude who... The only person not to get up from the table was juror number four with the glasses. Right. Everyone else literally distanced themselves from him. But at the end of his rant, we hear juror number four say this. These people are dangerous. They're wild. Listen to me. Listen to me. I have. Now sit down and don't open your mouth again. <laughs> so it's basically, mate, shut up, don't speak ever again. Now let's talk about plot holes. I think the biggest one is, I reckon, the the knife. The knife is pretty unique. And that would have been, even though he can buy the same knife, it would have been an incredible coincidence to have the same knife that the kid owned used to murder his dad. And as you kind of hinted earlier, it's, there's a hole, a yeah. hole in... How he's allowed to be wandering yeah, well, around the one essentially wandering the crime scene, the area. Exactly right. So Henry Fonda's character visited the crime scene, bought a weapon identical to the murder weapon. Today, this would yeah. be a mistrial, and brought it to the jury room. This would so be a mistrial. As a juror, you can only base your verdict on the facts of the case, not not the so evidence not, you bring not into doing the jury your own room. investigation. Yeah. So that was that's probably the biggest plot hole. But I think critically, yep. it doesn't change the outcome. I think there's enough yeah. other doubt cast well, on other pieces of evidence. Like the, the old man, man yeah. the lady across him? the road, the noise, the yeah, L yeah. train. Absolutely right. There's enough other yeah. things yep. that mean that... I think so. I think you're right. You still get a guilty verdict. Things not you might guilty. not know, uh, the director had all the actors stay in the same room for hours at a time during rehearsals to make them, without filming them, just to make them get a real, get a sense of what it's going to be like to be cooped up with them in the yeah, same right. room so okay. before they filmed it. Uh, all but three minutes of the movie were shot inside the one room. So the, yeah, the, the, the opening, jury room. Opening yeah. scene and yeah. the last The scene. little bathroom scene as well, the last of a couple of minutes. Yeah. And the very last scene on the steps. Um, the Reginald Rose's television play script that he originally did as yep. a live production was left virtually intact for the feature film. That's got to be they rare. They hardly changed it. The other thing too, um, the many of the shots of the actors... They, you'll notice, remember there was raining? So what what they did, many of the shots of them speaking were filmed by themselves. So they had to do the one shot and had to add the rain, the required rain sound in the background oh, as well. Okay. So they had to 
get that right so the, the continuity was okay so during this scene the rain's outside so we need to add the rain noise for you as well so it would have been quite a complex little um little uh production there now only two of the jurors are ever ad- identified by name we knew we knew that ju- juror yep. number eight was mr davis juror number nine the old man was mr mccardle um but the others are identified by their professions that's right yeah. so juror number one he was he, he I think he was a high school football coach. Juror number two, remember he said I had an argument with a bloke in the bank, so he was a bank teller. Juror number three had a messenger service. Remember Beck and Call Messenger Service, he mentions. Juror number four was a stockbroker. So he's yeah. the guy with the glasses. Didn't sweat. Yep. Uh juror number five, we don't know. Uh, the guy that lived in the slum. Juror number six, he, he was so remember he mentioned he was a painter. He just painted an apartment. Uh, juror number seven, we, we, he called himself a salesman. Juror number eight, we know that he said in the in the bathroom he was an architect. Juror number ten was called a ga- garage owner. Juror number eleven, the Hungarian sounding dude, was a watchmaker. Maybe he was saying, "Oh, the finest yeah. watches are made in your part of the world." And juror number twelve was the advertising exec. Right. So we did uh, we did give that up as well. Uh, the cast includes three Oscar winners: Henry Fonda, Martin Balsam, Ed Begley. And uh, there were Oscar winners and two other Oscar nominees, which were Jack Warden, the, the baseball dude, and Lee J. Cobb, who was the last one to plead uh, to change, to his, change vote, his vote to, to yep. guilty. Uh, not guilty. Uh, did you notice as well, now throughout the movie, and this is multiple watches, you'll pick this up, right? When they come into the jury room, it's like a shot from an overhead perspective. And throughout the movie, progressively through the movie, the angle gets lower, so towards the end, it's the it, the, the shots become tighter, and and the camera gets lower right. in the in the courtroom. You watch it again, you'll notice. I don't know whether what, why they would do that. He uh, they said the he said the final shot of director Sidney Lumet said the final shot was the widest lens they had in the movie, and uh, but he wanted to sort of emphasise the sense of you know they're free from the jury room. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But at the beginning of the movie, so it was eye level, and so then he went wide angle, and so it also gave sort of greater distance between people in the yeah. room. But as the film progressed, it slips down eventually to eye level. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, nearly all of it is shot below eye level and in close-up. So it was trying to increase that sense of claustrophobia during the movie. Wow. Multiple watches. That's a great... Would, uh, that's a great... Yeah. It's like a technique. technique. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. Uh, juror number seven. Now, this, this is the did you know to section. Juror yep. number seven said he had tickets to the Yankees v. Twins game. Right. But the Minnesota Twins didn't exist until 1961. So it, in 1957, they were the Washington Senators. Did you Does hear he that? Did he call them the Minnesota it, Twins? He said the Twins. You've got to get to so They're playing the Twins. Juror number four, if you have a close look at this again, and again, multiple watches will point this out. Yep. Remember when he stabbed, juror number four, the guy with the glasses, stabs the knife into the table? Yes. If you have a close look, if you pause it on the table, <laughs> there's heaps of uh, jab marks on the wood. So they've obviously, yeah. drew, they, he's had to do that several times. So uh, obviously from previous takes. Uh. That brings us to the end, mate. Wrap up. What is your wrap up and what is your rating look, for 12 Angry Men? It's a seven out of ten for me. I say Solid. that not because it's not a good movie, but Solid. because it just doesn't strike me as big as the eights and the nines we've watched. Absolutely enjoyed it. I definitely want to watch it with my kids. Yeah. Probably Jacko will enjoy the, the, yep. the theatre of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think this is one... Honestly, of all the movies you've recommended, this is probably the one that is most in that sleeper category. Yeah. 
I think less people would have heard of this, and therefore it's the most likely to surprise people. Yeah. And I think that's what's most fascinating Could you understand it. now why it's been used as a training film? Yes, totally. Yeah, 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 of, yeah. yeah conflict resolution and yeah. working as a team. You know, the whole the whole idea yeah. of going, radio. we've got one dissenting voice. You know, in some uh, businesses, that'd be like, all right, fine, but we've the majority rules. Yeah. It's like, hang on a minute. There's a, this is a really good example in 97 minutes of why you maybe should hear each other out. Yeah. But also, too, it's a... Great character study, I reckon, too. So really, people people's true feelings exposed, like yeah. the, the you know the racist and the you know the 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 prejudice against the you know the the where where they live and all these sorts of things. Yeah, I yeah think there's it was, so uh, much made obvious. Like there's there's a there's a cl- there's a bit of a class thing here, and also yeah. I think there's the obvious thing about you know it also shows a picture of the time. You know, um, the the smoking in the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no women. Yep. On, on the jury, which yep. I assume was just a, a thing back then. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it does no, show exactly how right. far Good we've reflection. come and changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think how would you, if you had to remake this movie today, you'd obviously have... And I think in the 97 remake, they had the the judge was a woman. I don't think they had any men. Well, it's called 12 Angry Men. Yeah, can't they, had, really. they didn't have any men, any women on it the jury. It would be... I mean, yeah. we're... 12 Angry Persons. Let's not get into the you know, woke world and cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. But look, yeah. I don't think remaking a movie like this, 12 Angry Jurors... Because that's what you could call it. Yeah. Twelve Angry yeah. Jurors would be a good title, but it just it defeats the yeah. the spirit of. I what think it was. I have seen it as a stage play, and there have been some women in on the cast, but yeah. they they kept the title because it's recognised. You want to get it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think uh, one of, like you said, it's one of those sleepers that once you think, well, God, where's this movie been yeah. all my life? Why, why didn't I catch this before? Well, now you have. We've covered it right here. Now let's cast our mind to next week. I don't need to give you a quiz question for oh, this really? one because you know this movie. You've seen this movie. Oh, We're okay. going to have to change the name of the podcast for next week. We are talking <laughs> next week about The Shawshank Redemption. One of my two top two greatest movies go. of all time. And I don't know why that is other than I've yeah. seen it a few times. Um, yeah. and, and I, here's, I've still the, seen it more than you. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. But let me be very clear, and I think this is an important thing for anyone new, new listeners. I've got a crap memory. Um, so I know things about this movie, but I will still be moved by the... I know it's emotional a bit. Yeah. Um, I'll gonna, still be I'm moved surprise by you. I'm going to surprise you with a few facts next week. Don't worry. There's still a few things I've got up my sleeve that you, even though you know the movie yeah. and you've, you've seen it a number of times, I, I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i got a few things up my sleeve. All right, let's, let's find out right now. Shawshank Redemption. I'm just speaking to my fetch box. Let's find out where and how I'm going to watch it. So it shows us. So it's got a, a 91% Rotten Tomato good. rating. And I yep. think the 98 is the... Um, like the critic, uh, sorry, yeah. the the people rating. So we can watch it on Stan. Yep. We can we can buy it or rent it on um, uh, Amazon Prime, or I can choose it in the movie ah, store. There it is in the to movie rent store. Or wow. buy on Fetch. So yeah, um, and it looks great. great. You're showing us on your 85 inch high sense TV. TV. How good! Looks Brilliant. amazing. Bring it on! I can't wait. Well, this let's get let's just do it now. <laughs> uh, next week, be sure to join us. The Shawshank Redemption. Another big thanks to our sponsors, Fetch and Hisense. Trev, we'll see you in the movies next week. Can't wait.